Hi everyone, uh, welcome back yet again with another interesting uh, discussion, a session with the, the, the doctor series sessions that we've been doing regularly. And this time we have Dr. Neetu Tambi with us. Thank you, doctor, for uh, coming online and talking to our audience. Hi. Uh, so, Dr. Neetu Tambi is the senior specialist pulmonology at the Rene Medi City, the multi speciality hospital at Cochin in Kerala. And I thought it's important that we uh, get Dr. Neetu on board to speak to uh, all of your audience uh, regarding the lung health, the respiratory health. I think um, the, the health of the lung, the respiratory system has assumed tremendous significance, especially in the recent times after the whole hangama around COVID and, uh, you know, the things that I remember people talking is that, oh, during the Omicron uh, wave, the, the lung involvement is comparatively much lesser as compared to Delta. So, all these discussions, we happen to uh, hear it in the newspaper and these are a big things. Uh, SpO2 became a common word among it became a parlance among a lot of people right and uh, oxygen saturation is it below 90 is it below 95 these are all the things that we were tracking right so the lung health has assumed significance especially in the wake of pandemic and I thought it's appropriate that we bring in uh, somebody who is actually uh, works in the uh, with the COVID patients and have had experience working with them with their these kind of issues she's also an allergy specialist and uh, uh, so Dr. Neetu is also involved with the post-COVID uh, uh, aspects of uh, health involving how, what exercises, how much, how to go about and a whole lot of things. So I think this is a very relevant discussion that we are going through here. And uh, we have a series of questions here for you, Dr. Neetu. So my thank you once again for uh, talking to us. My first question to you is that, um, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I earlier mentioned that the, in the recent times, the respiratory health has become assumed significance in the wake of the pandemic. Why is lung? Why? Why are we suddenly talking about lung health uh, all of a sudden? So I think um, the um, uh, sudden uh, twist towards talking about lung health might be because um, once we came into the COVID era and um, a lot of people started getting COVID and we came to know that those people who are affected uh, whose lung lung are getting affected by COVID are the ones who are getting a severe disease. So I think that is, um, that is the problem that has brought uh, lung health out into the forefront. Now, uh, we've been talking about lung health for years now and um, about allergies and about how our lifestyle is bringing about so much change in our health and um, in lung health per se and about smoking about pollution but then i think the sudden interest in lung health today is because of covid and how lung health reflects in your course uh, in your uh, course of the disease okay. right right so, so what is this SpO2 oxygen saturation that people are talking about and uh, why is it important? Okay, I guess that's very interesting. So um, SpO2 is saturation of oxygen. So you are measuring the saturation of oxygen in your blood or the uh, oxygen carrying capacity of your blood. So you have, uh, I'm sure most of you know that there are red blood cells in the blood that gives it the red color and there is a pigment called hemoglobin which is the main oxygen carrying factor inside the blood which gives it the red color right so each of these hemoglobin molecules can carry about four molecules of oxygen so that is that that is its saturation or that is its capacity 
so this oxygen is acquired from the lungs so your blood is transported to the lung and from the lungs through small tiny air sacs called alveoli the air from the atmosphere um, is filtered and only the oxygen part diffuses into the lung the hemoglobin catches hold of this oxygen and transport it to all of your organs where it is utilized for you know for each of your organ to function you need oxygen you need oxygen for your heart to beat for your brain to function right so uh, if if everything is okay with your lungs if your lung is working normally then all of the hemoglobin particles that goes into the lung will come out saturated with the oxygen 100% right so the top measure of saturation of oxygen is 100% so when you put the pulse oximeter on your finger if you're a normal person having a normal lung your saturation would be somewhere between 98 to 100% that is a normal lung so if there's something wrong going on in the lungs either you're get, not getting enough oxygen from the atmosphere or your lung is unable to process that oxygen and put it into the blood or your circulation is not working if one of these problems are going on then your saturation would drop below this 98 to 100 okay so your body can compensate um, you know a lot of things so if it happens slowly over time um, gradually in case you have a lung disease which is making your uh, lung um, your lungs efficiency go down then you might be able to tolerate this lack of oxygen which is what happens in COPD patients so there are people who will come up to you and say yeah my normal oxygen saturation is around 92 percentage right so they've uh, been uh, living in an oxygen deficit for a long time so that is probably not affecting them much but what happens in COVID is that the uh, uh, virus go to your goes to your lungs and attacks a lot of cells at the same time, making them incapable of taking oxygen from the atmosphere and giving it to your blood, which means your oxygen saturation would go down very rapidly. And your body is not used to living in that kind of a oxygen deprived situation. And you start becoming sick, you start breathing very fast, which requires a lot of energy. You start tiring out and all of your organs yeah. start getting less oxygen so basically spo2 or saturation of oxygen is measuring indirectly the capacity of your lung to bring oxygen into your blood so um, how they do it is basically based on photometry uh, you must have heard that all everything around you absorbs certain colors and reflects certain colors right so uh, they are sending out an infrared radiation from the uh, pulse oximeter and this goes into your uh, the thin skin under your nail and uh, a part of it is absorbed part of that spectrum of light is absorbed by your hemoglobin and the rest of it is left uh, out passed, passes through your finger back into the probe this is measured and this tells you your oxygen saturation very interesting so um, so basically this reduction in the ability to carry oxygen leads to something called hypoxia which is basically reduced uh, oxygen leading to exertional uh, uh, tiredness, dyspnea, weakness and uh, inability to breathe and all that which is basically what is going to cause problem for somebody who's not used to that kind of an issue right so uh, very interestingly the kind of the uh, uh, example that we tell people is that our lung is like a soda meter <laughs> So it's basically uh, like you you do a one tish and the sort of the oxygen gets filled in, right? Something very similar. <laughs> it's just that the blood is getting flushed with oxygen every time it goes through the lung and comes out, and the heart pumps it. So, thank you for bringing in a technical uh, aspect of uh, all that as uh, how it goes uh, ahead and the significance of it. So you also mentioned about COPD patients and people who already have a lung which is uh, already impacted and all that so how uh, so how does smoking we all know that smoking affects lungs 
so how does it happen how does it impact these alveoli and how does it impact lungs ability to absorb these oxygen why does it go down to this 90 92 levels uh, because of this smoking and other things so smoking um smoking affects a lot of your organs Now your voice is a little bit okay sorry smoking affects a lot of your organs many of your organs in the body but then i will you know limit the discussion to lung so um the smoke that comes out from your cigarette is a mixture it's a cocktail of a lot of things mm-hmm. uh, some of which i think i would say the least harmful of which is the carbon particle that they people show in the movie yeah. theaters <laughs> the thing that comes out yeah so that is causing a lot of problems but then the rest of the stuff there are about 7000 known chemicals in cigarette smoke 70 of which are known carcinogens you know carcinogens are cancer causing chemicals chemicals which has the potential to go into your cell alter your dna and make it prone to turning into a cancerous tumorous growth right uh so this this is just one of the effects of uh, um, i mean cigarette smoke so the main um, the effect that you want is from nicotine nicotine is just one of the many components of cigarette smoke and the rest of all all of this is being directly inhaled into your lungs and it goes through um so the lung has a tubule part a tube part and a sponge part right so uh, the tube parts are what conducts air from outside into your lungs and the sponge part is what takes the oxygen from the tubes and puts it into your blood just like we discussed so um smoking uh causes damage in both of these areas mm-hmm. so it goes on and uh, it may it causes a lot of um, impurities to get settled into your lungs and into your tubules so that your tubules are not able to conduct air properly into your lungs mm-hmm. so they get constricted so if you are thinking of a tube which has this much diameter for a smoker it might be only this much okay and along with that it causes a lot of mucus production mm. which is why people uh, who are smokers they keep coughing they keep spitting out sputum every now and then so uh, you call it the smoker's cough a very innocuous term but then um, the thing is it it is actually causing your lung tubes to shrink a little and produce a lot of sputum and at any time at any time uh, when you get a disease or when you get an allergen or whatever causes your tubules to shrink a little more you start getting breathless all right and um, so we also talked about the sponge part of the lung so um the the chemicals that uh, come from the smoke will also affect these sponge parts so if you look at a sponge it has very tiny sacs right and if you think about the science that you've learned before uh, tiny small sacs and a large number of them would have a greater surface area than a mm-hmm. single large sac right yeah. so what these chemicals do is they go and break down the walls between these tiny alveolar sacs and make them into a bigger larger balloon like sac okay. this is less elastic right mm-hmm. and it also has lesser surface area surface area lesser surface area so uh, the oxygen that is coming from your uh, atmosphere has lesser surface area to diffuse into your lung okay and this is also not very distensible so people feel that they are not able to take adequate amount of air into their lung they feel that you know they feel air hunger they feel that okay i'm not getting enough air to breathe or enough air to uh, feel comfortable because their lungs are obviously stiffer and they cannot move much right okay so th- these are just some of the effects uh, the- this is how a copd patient or a uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease develops 
in a patient who is smoking okay and this is just the first part right uh, people who are chronic smokers and who smoke very heavily would have a very heavy load of carcinogens or ca- cancer causing chemicals in their um, in their lung and not just their lung this can also cause cancer in their oral cavity or mouth lips um, in their throat right down to their lungs okay and this can cause lung cancer and lung cancer is one of the most difficult cancers to treat because um obviously the person who has had a copd is used to living with um, suboptimal lung function for a long time and unless the tumor gets that big that it is causing a lot of trouble to them they would not even notice so usually they uh, get to know about this lung growth very late um, much uh, much later than most other cancers it will not show up as a swelling like other cancers so um you usually detect it late after it has spread to other organs and it becomes very difficult to treat so that was just the copd and the, the uh, lung cancer part of it it can cause cancer in a lot of other places including bladder tumors and you know um, and it can also cause coronary artery disease there are a lot of things that goes on you know in the chemicals that comes from smoke right 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 so um, um this takes us to the bladder sorry i didn't tell you how the oxygen saturation decreases in these people so yeah. that is huh. um, yeah so when you say that when the, the sac becomes larger the surface area is lesser the ability to diffuse oxygen also becomes lesser so i mean yeah i we got that and that was uh, well understood with with your explanation so yeah uh, so uh, we we're talking about the bad lifestyle and the related lung health issues so copd is one and related smoking related things you already mentioned are there any other issues which comes along with and what are they so it's mostly um, more than lifestyle it's the changes in lifestyle that has brought about these diseases so one of the main um, this is a lifestyle choice i would say and it has been there for a long time some of the changes that has been happening recently would be increase in carbon emissions that we all know mm. and um, environmental smoke or smoke from diesel exhaust fumes and uh, occupational exposure to certain chemicals all of these can also cause copd like diseases mm. Uh, some of them can cause COPD, and some of them can also cause um, diseases like interstitial lung diseases, mm. which are also a certain kind of, um, uh, let's say, restrictive lung disease where you cannot breathe properly, and your lung starts becoming stiffer over time, and uh, oxygen saturation in your blood decreases. Oh. Another another disease which has been there since. much i mean uh, which everybody knows about but which has been increasing rapidly in the uh, younger generation is allergy okay so um, allergy is basically a kind of an abnormal reaction of your body to a substance which is there in the environment so um, nowadays we are more urbanized right and our kids are living mostly indoors uh, parents concerned parents don't let them go out and play in the Uh, you know, in the field with the animals and uh, in all the dirt and all that. So this kind of um, limits their exposure to a lot of biological material, which we've been used to since I mean th- since time immemorial. We've been used to them, and uh, nowadays the kids are not exposed to them, and they start developing a sort of intolerance to these biological substances, right? And later in their lives, when they are newly exposed to these things. they react abnormally and um you know in a in a very rapid and in a very um, loud manner and this becomes an allergy 
right so this is called the hygiene hypothesis when the kids are uh, lesser and lesser exposed to infections and uh, biological materials uh, they become more prone to allergy this is a kind of trade off because um, uh, back in those days we had a lot of infections and we had a lot of uh, child mortality because of infections yeah. but then yeah because all of those are decreased acquired uh, immunity also increases because of having exposed to these kind yeah. of pathogens so and, and yeah, allergens a uh, pathogen so exposure to pathogens is much lesser especially in uh, single child families if you have three or four kids in the family then obviously one of them will catch an infection and all of them will develop an immunity to it so that is not happening and uh, we have much lesser number of animals living around us and contact with them is less so if you live in a no pet family then again your exposure to a lot of natural antigens is decreased which can increase your allergenic potential and um, so yeah keeping a pet dog might be a good idea in this context uh, to develop a tolerance to allergens but obviously you cannot ask them to go out and play with uh, you know get diseases just yeah, for the sake yeah. of having yeah yeah i understand so what about asthma yeah asthma 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 and allergy are all kind of very related diseases okay? they lie in the same spectrum so people who have allergy can develop asthma in a later life uh, there are non allergenic asthmas also there are cardiac asthmas and mm. other kind mm. of asthmas which, uh, but then most of the asthma that you see in kids and in adults are usually related to allergies so again the same kind of um, uh, same rule applies here the less you are exposed to these kind of Uh, antigens uh, the less tolerance you have and there is more chance for you to develop asthma and uh, there are a lot of other inorganic materials like smoke and dust that you are exposed to in and which pollution can. yeah which can also and um, another factor is uh, global warming so you would have uh, maybe back in uh, your school days you would have studied in geography about tree lines or about how um, vegetation changes with the climate with um, uh, with the what are those latitudes latitude mm, right mm, mm. so and as you go up a mountain uh, the vegetation changes right yeah so because we are getting warmer our climate is getting warmer the tree lines are shifting up and the summers are becoming longer uh, so summers are usually the most pollen intense season right and these seasons are getting prolonged and there is more um, uh, there are more pollen bees yeah, and pollens yeah these trees because of a warmer climate right and there is a larger pollen load in the environment and interesting yeah, hmm. yeah. Hmm. and um, um, another problem could be that uh, yeah some of especially in kerala we are a very humid climate right mm, mm. and uh, people say that um, when you are exposed to humidity or when you are exposed to um, um, colder climate or you know uh, with change in climate they get these problems mm, right mm. one of the factors with humidity is that it increases the allergenic potential of these biological factors mm. so some uh, i've seen a lot of uh, immigrants say um, they would go to gulf and they have no problem they come back to kerala then they get start getting all these allergies one of the causes could be that they're opening up their homes uh, after coming back after a long time and they're getting exposed to all these allergens another factor is obviously the humidity humidity very interesting um so um i wanted to talk about one more thing pneumonia which is again yet another thing which was spoken about during especially during the delta wave uh, how is that uh, coming in and what exactly is that and uh... 
so a pneumonia is any infection in the lung right it could be bacterial viral or fungal so anything that happens inside the lung and causes uh, the alveolar sacs which i mentioned earlier which causes those sacs to fill up with something is called a pneumonia um what we are see- seeing in the covid wave is mostly viral pneumonia and uh, viral pneumonia um, can lead to a decrease in the local uh, what can we say local defenses which can uh, predispose you to develop a secondary bacterial infection infection yeah bacterial and fungal infections you're seeing a lot of fungal um, uh, let's say aspects in Yeah, mucormycosis is much rarer but then there is another entity called aspergillus mm. uh, now aspergillosis was a very rare disease pre covid but then nowadays we are seeing so many people with uh, aspergillosis that it has become sort of a routine thing almost like a, you know like you're treating asthma you're also treating uh, aspergillosis could it also so, be because the mask that we are using we probably reuse it keep it aside and it's not it's not dried out or sometimes you know reuse it without proper hygiene does that cause uh, fungal infection directly that might be very rare because all of these fungal spores they are ubiquitous if you mm. search for aspergillus fumigatus and where it is found you will see that it will be found almost everywhere in your in soil in um, uh, household in uh, damp patches so um, there are other fungi also which are found in the damp patches on the walls maybe under the sinks we live in such a humid area that um, you know fungus uh, this is like the perfect condition for fungus to yeah, grow they live with us <laughs> everywhere yeah so you obviously been exposed to the fungus mm. so it's not about you not being exposed before and being exposed now it is about your lung uh, defenses going down Mm-hmm. right so you get covid and your lung is not in a position to defend against basically fungi are very difficult it is very difficult for a fungi to go and produce a pneumonia but mm-hmm. then your lung is uh, so badly affected and it has no yeah. that even such a uh, small pathogen such a weak pathogen is causing pneumonia for you right right so post covid infection once have having recuperated Uh, I want to ask you to talk about two things. Uh, what are the? I mean, what is the general routine? I've seen people. So typically, what I've seen is that when clients come to us and speak to us, no, until COVID, they are least bothered about their health. No exercise, uh, not even doing any sort of physical activity. But when they get this COVID infection, is when they get all scared and it's like, now I'm going to become healthy. I'm going to do all exercise. As soon as they test negative on an RT-PCR, they start thinking of exercise. So I tell them that please don't go ahead and do this. I think it's better that we hear from the horse's mouth as a specialist, having experience and having worked with so much of COVID patients. What would you suggest should the exercise routine be, and how should one go ahead with it? So I think that's a very very good question at this time. I mean, in this time because. um you see just like you said a lot of people would say that they've been putting off exercising till uh, you know because of the covid pandemic or uh, because of whatever reason they had and then suddenly now they've realized that they have to get healthy and they start uh, you know going out there and uh, going to the gym and now they are not afraid of covid also because they've already got it already got it <laughs> so uh, what cardiologists say and what everybody advises is that at least for 3 to 4 weeks do not do any kind of um, strenuous exercises so you can do your normal activities at home you can do whatever you've been doing at home inside the i mean just to keep yourself lightly active you don't have to take bed rest right so a lot of people just think of um, 
this is a disease where you need a lot of bed rest there is no need for bed rest you can do all your normal activities so that you know you don't uh, take uh, such a long break from your routines that even doing the routines become a little strenuous for you so don't do that you can do all your routine work but then when you are thinking about newly starting an exercise or going out there and working out wait for at least 3 to 4 weeks solid and when you start you have to start slow that is imperative even if you are if you never had covid it is imperative that you start slow and then slowly step up right so we say 3 to 4 weeks please don't do any exercise and after 4 weeks start in a graded manner and then over 6 to 12 weeks you can um, achieve your target heart rate you know what your target heart rate would be 220 minus your age right so uh, within these 12 weeks you should limit yourself to at least um, below 60 percentage of your target heart rate okay and so only after the percentage of 220 minus age is the maximum permissible heart rate for at least 12 weeks 12 weeks yes yeah. that would be the same i, I wanted to capital bold underline that point that you just mentioned yeah sorry go on Uh, another reason for anybody starting to newly exercise in this age i would say do this because you don't know how many of you got subclinical covid infections and uh, we've seen so many cases where there are a lot of young mis happening these days and um, yeah uh, so um, a lot of people don't know that they've ever had covid or they would not test even if they got the symptoms they would just stay quiet and they would not test and as soon as the seven days are up they just start uh, doing all their routines or like you said suddenly change their routine and uh, start to become healthy and all these can actually endanger your life because um, a lot of people can have silent heart diseases right uh, silent heart diseases which have been uh, either you could have had a family history or you may not have had a family history at all because see our parents our parents had a different lifestyle and they lived a different life from us so even if you had a tendency to heart disease it may not have manifested in your previous generation but due to due to the person you've been you what you've been eating and what you've been doing it can happen in you right you might have the genetic um, predisposition genetic predisposition to have it and you might be the first one in your family tree to develop it you have to keep that in mind right and um, so you have to always start slowly and um, you know um, get your target rate or whatever because exercising and uh, maintaining a healthy lifestyle is not something that should be done like a crash diet it should be it should be slow to build up and it should be a lifestyle change it should be sustained so uh, when you are thinking of doing spurts of exercises for 10 days you go and run um, 3 or 4 kilometers and then for 2 uh, months you don't do anything these kind of um, things can actually stress you out and rather than doing good it can actually do more harm to you um, covid is a disease where you develop a thrombotic tendency mm-hmm. there is a chance for your blood to get clotted yeah. so um, if you have a mild disease heart disease which has not been detected yet right and uh, one of these clots um, yeah. can go Clot there and you already have a compromised circulation it can completely cut off your circulation it can lead to a heart attack and these emboli can go into your brain it can result in a stroke we've been seeing so many young folks yeah. these days yeah. right? and cause pulmonary embolism also right yeah. so pulmonary embolism again people 
at least get to your opd right with the falling saturation or dyspnea but then in cva or myocardial infection if 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 it is a massive one you don't even have a chance to survive so um, uh, it is always best uh, to start in a slow manner build up and keep it as a lifestyle and it's always best if you have uh, some uh, let's say uh, you already have a family history or you have risk factors it's always always better to get a medical checkup done before you start doing all these strenuous exercises especially if you had covid Yeah, yeah so that's one thing that i keep saying that post 40 years of age especially or after 35 or 40 years of age it is extremely important uh, especially for the indians the south asians who have a very huge predisposition to these kind of diseases to do some sort of test in fact we spend a lot more money on our daily yearly maintenance of our car perhaps we might not spend so much to actually do that test probably an executive health checkup might cost 10 to 15000 and, and it might save not just you but your family also right and uh, that's that's actually very well uh, uh, pointed out doctor so i just have one this last question to ask you this is regarding the breathing uh, breathing the breathing breathing exercises you know and and i and I, i'm asking this in the light of this thing you know we are all live in a social media life right wherein we don't want our tummy to be shown we walk around and we will tap our tummy we say malayalam air bidichu nadakka we all do that we have done i have done that i'm sure a lot of people have done that we've been there done it so but we what we eventually when we tuck it in we do this upper chest breathing which is not embodying the entire lower portion it's not the diaphragm is not going down diaphragm is not engaged and all that it kind of brings down the lung capacity and also so importance of uh, breathing exercises how to do some sort of breathing exercises and post covid should one do or how to go about doing that uh, could you throw some light on that's the last question that i have for you all right so uh, regarding breathing exercises now if you're a normal healthy person um like you i i think when you go to a gym no and you say i want to build a six pack Uh, they are not going to let you do abs alone right they exercise your entire body they ask you to do some cardio they ask you to work out all your big muscle groups and then along with that you have to do your abs and slowly build it up so just like that um, if you are a normal healthy person then um, doing breathing exercises alone is not going to strengthen your heart because, uh, strengthen your lungs because uh, when you are undertaking the basic um, reason why we are building up our health is so that we can tolerate stress now stress in the form of physical stress or emotional stress or a disease right which is why we are trying to maintain a healthy body so when there is a stress the heart and lungs work as a unit so it's a cardiopulmonary unit so if your heart is not strong even if your lung is very strong this is not going to work out so when you are a normal healthy person you have to do your cardio 3 days a week um and your exercise uh, your muscle toning exercises everything along with that obviously when you are panting and when you are doing a cardio exercise you are exercising your lungs and then apart from that if you if you have a uh, lung disease or if you have uh, copd or uh, bronchitis asthma there are certain breathing exercises that we tell you to do and they are targeted basically they are aimed at letting you breathe more easily and letting you control your disease right um, so in copd we encourage people people uh, with copd or asthma spend a lot of their calories in working for breathing mm. right there is a term called work of breathing so you That's spend really, a lot like of that. yeah which is why they get very thin because they are spending a lot of calories on the 
we are uh, on nearly existing or just breathing right so these exercises are aimed at reducing this work of breathing and allowing them to uh, breathe more effectively so there are diaphragmatic breathing exercises wherein um, you hold a um, hand on your chest and on your tummy and then um, you know mindfully you let your tummy breathe or tummy come out um, further than your chest okay so that exercises your main breathing muscle which is the diaphragm diaphragm there are techniques called first lip breathing mm. where you ask them to breathe through your through your nose and then exhale slowly through your mouth while pursing your lips this again lets them control their breathing rate and lets them there is one more effect to calming yourself down and also uh, opening up their uh, you know respiratory tubes better and this also prevents air from getting stuck in their uh, huge balloon like uh, alveoli and helps it to ventilate better okay um then there are other techniques called um, you know coordinated breathing wherein you breathe through your nose hold your breath in and then breathe out through your mouth slowly so all of these techniques i think you'll see in yoga in um uh, what is that um and the breathing exercises that you do in yoga right Uh, uh, clients and uh, viewers that when you look at exercises there is weight training there is cardiovascular exercises there is also yoga breathing exercises a healthy person without having any physical manifestations of medical conditions should do a mix of all the three of course if there is rheumatoid arthritis arthritis don't go run a marathon if there is an inguinal hernia don't go and do a deadlift and lift a lot of weight um, apply all that common sense but then if otherwise you are healthy physically and within within permissible physical conditions mix up all sort of exercises to get the ideal sense of health wellness and fitness and i'm so glad that you ended the discussion on that note um thanks to uh, dr neetu for talking to our audience um, uh, uh, once again this is dr neetu tambi she is a senior specialist pulmonology at the rene medicity she's a specialist having worked uh, in the past uh, the entire pandemic uh, time she's worked with an empty number of covid uh, clients and patients and uh, including their post rehabilitation complications so on and so forth she's also an allergy specialist uh, uh, thanks a ton again uh, you are listening to nuvo vivo's uh, doctor series of discussions nuvo vivo is an online health and wellness company we deal with lifestyle diseases management we help people become healthy and fit combining the understanding of the medical science and bringing in the fitness which is the curative preventive side of the story fitness exercises and uh, clinical nutrition bring all that together to not just look younger but also to be healthy and uh, uh, live healthy lives uh, to stay safe young and uh, fit that's what we do so thanks thank you for uh, uh, watching this session and we'll be back again uh, with yet another interesting similar session in the doctor series of interviews thank you and thank you dr neetu thank you, thank you.